Welcome back, folks, to the Mel Wright Show. This is episode 237. We really got a fun guest. I think it's going to be a fantastic discussion. We've got Chandler David Smith with us. He um, He's a young man, but he's managed to build a, a very large property portfolio, um, really works hard, um, built his initial um, funding for his first um, properties through um, selling pest control door to door. And he's still in that, but also he's got a fantastic YouTube channel. I've been watching some of his videos, got great advice. Jardler, would you like to also uh, introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, no, I'm excited to, excited to be here. Anything involving real estate or sales or marketing, I love it all. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, so I'm happy to be here. That's great. And I've got my great co-host, Robert. Robert, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Sure. So I'm a 13-year veteran of the real estate marketing industry. I focus on a type of marketing that is uh, not common called inbound marketing. And under that umbrella, things like SEO, things like that. You can find out more about me at inboundrem.com. And I just want to say to our new listeners and viewers, um, last month wasn't a record month, but you got close to it. And um, I think this month will probably be a record month. We've had a substantial increase in the listeners and viewers this last week. So we must be doing, and I thank you, new listeners and viewers. And um, just tell you anybody in your office about the Mel Wright Show. I'm sure they get great value from our content conversations and especially from our guests. So, Shana, um, what I've got, you know, obviously we're living in very unusual times, you know, um, with the virus, you know, with everything being closed down. So um, it's, it's probably going to affect most of this year in some way or another. How do you see the present situation affecting the investment um um, sector and real estate in general? Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. And it's funny because I've talked with a lot of my friends and mentors that are investing in real estate and have bigger portfolios than even I do. And I think one thing that I found they've all said is right now, we still don't completely know how bad this is going to be. And I think there are lots of people saying, hey, give this a little longer and there are going to be blood in the streets. Others are saying, man, if we can get through this virus, we should hopefully bounce back to something close to normal. I think in my own opinion, I'm in a place where I've already seen it affect rents. And I've been able to do certain things to maintain those rents. But I don't think that can last forever. I do think that you know, for the next couple months, then maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, but rents are going to be affected. However, I think supply and demand are always going to create a need for housing. And I think with that being the case, I'm not worried about the investments I have. But it's why it's been so crucial to make sure that you buy right and that you keep good reserves so that when something like this does happen, you can be prepared. I also think it's an important time to make sure that you're looking into your different options, the different things that the government's providing, um, the different things that your bank's providing, and just stay in the loop, see where things are at and keep a beat on it. But in, from my perspective, I have kind of gone into a holding pattern where I've said, you know what, right now... I'm not shopping really heavy. I'm going to give it a good two, three, four months. But I do believe whether this is really bad or just kind of bad, the combination of fear um, 
and really just some people getting into financial issues because of what's gone on is going to create opportunity. I really think that in the next couple of months, there's going to be more opportunities on investment properties, whether that's single family or multifamily, just depending on how bad the impact is in both of those areas. And so I have just kind of put some cash aside and right now I'm waiting and I've seen some good deals I've actually decided to pass on just because I want to wait until things level out a little bit to be able to jump in on those deals because I think there are lots of better deals to come. So that's kind of my perspective and where I'm standing with everything. That's great. Over to you, Robert. Um, well, I mean, I don't really have, uh, my questions are going to be more related to how you built the business at, because, uh, well, actually, you know what, let's start with a super high level question that, that tags into John's, John's, uh, commentary. Uh, I think that I am fascinated by the, th- the concept that you have such an active YouTube channel. If I'm not misunderstand, like if I haven't looked at it correctly, you have hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube channel which is connected to the buying and selling of these properties, the investments that you just talked about. At a very high level, how do you think the YouTube, like does the, how, does the YouTube channel help or hurt your business or like you seem to be really dedicated to it? What was the concept behind that? Why, why are you doing that? Yeah, it's a great question. And it, it's really funny because when I started the YouTube channel, um, I was managing hundreds of sales reps And a lot of them were making a lot of money. And so they were coming to me saying, Chandler, where do we put it? We know you've been successful in investing in real estate. And I was answering those same questions over and over and over again. And so when I started the channel, it wasn't to build anything. It was really to save my time so I could focus on what was important. And it was interesting because that was my only goal. And so when I started it and I started sharing it, it was incredible because I was just showing what I was doing, how I was investing, how I was spending my money some of the mistakes that I'd made, the things that I'd learned. And it was fascinating to watch it just draw a lot of people in. And what happened that I didn't think would happen, and this is what kind of made me double down in the YouTube channel, is I was getting a lot more leads from other investors in my area and even outside of my area. I was able to connect with more mentors and other people that were doing what I was doing, but some of them thought differently and even had more experience in the area that I was in. And so it gave me a chance to connect with them. It was creating leads of people that said, Hey, how did you make this money? I want to do this sales job that you were doing. And so it turned into this thing that gave me leads for everything that I was passionate about and everything that was making me money. And so originally it was to help people, but it's brought in new employees for me. It's brought in leads for my real estate business. It's brought in connections, mentors, all kinds of different opportunities that I never dreamed were going to be there. And once I saw those coming in, that's where I said, okay, I've got to double down. I'm not doing one video a week. I'm going to start pumping out two to three videos a week. I'm going to start connecting with other YouTubers in this niche. I'm going to start really expanding this because I had no idea what it would create, but it was creating things that were bringing value. And so I wanted to bring more value to those people. Okay. Hey, John, I have, I have, a, I have a ton of questions. This yeah, go keep ask, ask him another one. Good. Okay. So... I, I'm, and those of you who are listening to the show, listen, I apologize because this is going to suck. But uh, so, so I'm going to do a shameless plug so that Chandler gets something out of this. Go t- onto YouTube and Google Chandler David Smith and, and check his channel out. So my question for you is, is I really love the YouTube tiles that you've done. They feature an image of you. And I'm just going to explain this so our listeners understand what I'm looking at. 
they, they usually feature an image of you, like you're holding up something or you're in the process of talking. And then there's really big text over the tile that creates the, that, that makes the title of the video really, really apparent. And it's, it's just a very clean way to present them. How did you do the tiles? Where did you pick that? That's a pretty advanced marketing skill that uh, I don't, I, some, even some of the best guys that I know aren't necessarily doing it that way. So where did you come across that idea? What is the tool that you use to apply that idea? If you don't mind me asking, if it's not a big secret. Yeah, no, totally. It's funny because early on, you can look at some of those thumbnails or those tiles and they are pretty bad. I mean, they're rough. And that was when I was getting started. And what happened is I was lucky enough um, to be speaking at the same conference with Graham Stephan, Matt McKeever, and Meet Kevin. Now, if you do anything real estate or real estate investing where you're watching on YouTube, they're kind of the big dogs in that niche. They're very talented. They're the best of the best. And I asked them, I said, what, what makes your channel stick? What makes people drawn to you? And they said, Chandler, you've got to get people to click on it. And then you've got to hold them there once they're there. If you can get people to click on it and then stay there as long as possible, that's going to bring people to your channel. It's going to give you more views. It's going to push your stuff in the algorithm. And so after that, I went back and my brother actually owns an agency called Pate Digital. He creates websites and does a lot of design stuff for people. And I went to him and I said, hey, like, let's work out a deal. I need something people are going to click on. And one of the things he told me is he said, Chandler, I watch a lot of YouTube and it drives me crazy because people that do really well, their thumbnails are trash. They don't make sense. Like for a graphic designer, they look terrible. There's no symmetry. The things that should be there aren't there and they just don't make sense. So with yours, I'm going to try and do what's working on YouTube, but I also want them to look a lot more clean and I want them for a graphic designer to make sense because I think that's what's going to get people to click. And so I will go and before I do my video, I'll pose for whatever he thought would be good. And then I send him it and I say, go crazy with it. And he whips it together and I'm ready to rock and roll. And so, so much of my YouTube channel from my editing to my thumbnails to everything else, I didn't have time to do. And so I've pawned that off on people that are a lot more talented than I am. Brilliant. That is so much. I am so incredibly happy. I, uh, I asked, and by the way, I now feel better about my own YouTube channel because (laughs) I'm, I'm the guy here who owns the digital agency and you're the guy that does the real estate investing and your shit looks better. I'm sorry, John, your stuff looks better (laughs) than my stuff looks. And I'm like, what? Come on. (laughs) It's it's brilliant. It's I'm obviously I'm very impressed. So John, I, 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 let me sit in my sauce for a moment. No problem. So go back to the uh, property investment. You know, one a small series on your YouTube channel is about um, buying fourplexes, buying one with an agent and buying ones not with an agent and the mistakes you learn in buying fourplexes. Do you want to give um, some description of um, why you should buy or maybe not buy a fourplex with a with the help of an agent and some of the things you've learned through that process? Definitely. I think, you know, it's, it's the great debate. And I know agents want me to say, hey, use an agent. I know there are other people that are very, you know, I'll never use an agent. For me, if I'm a smart real estate investor, what I pay to an agent, whether it's 3%, 10%, 50%, if I'm spending money on someone, 
I don't care as long as they are bringing me something that meets my criteria. And what I found is for me, it's been easier to meet my criteria for an investment property if I can find something that's off market because an extra three to 6% that isn't going away can be really helpful when negotiating with a seller. Now, obviously, as a buyer, I'm not paying that, but at the end of the day, I am because that affects what the seller can sell it to me for. However, what I've come to find is that if I find the right agent that's willing to listen to me, that understands investing in real estate, understands the kind of return with my cash on cash return, the kind of property I am looking for, and they can say, Chandler, I will find a property that meets your criteria. And then they don't waste my time. They come to me and bring me a deal that really does meet my criteria. I'm going to buy that all day, every day. And so my last couple of deals, I actually just picked up a 32 unit apartment complex about, oh, it's been a month and a half, two months ago. Um, and I picked up multiple other properties through an agent. And it's because that agent knew what my criteria was. They knew exactly what I was looking for. They took the time to understand investing in real estate and understand my criteria. And so when they brought it, they knew I was someone that was going to pull the trigger right away. And so for me, I don't think there's one that's better than the other. I think the best one is whichever one is going to bring you a deal that meets your criteria. And I would prefer to do every um, property that I do through a realtor because it saves me effort. It saves me energy. It saves me work. And if I can find something that's within the same criteria, I'm going to pick that every single time. And that's why anytime I interact with realtors that are saying, Chandler, how can I be your guy? I say, look, understand my criteria and then go and find it. And if you find it, I'm going to buy it. And I think that's how most good real estate investors are. Right. Got some more questions about fourplexes, but we're going to go for our break. And when we come back, we're going to be delving in this world with a I think somebody that's been I'm very impressed in what you've managed to achieve. And you're intelligent and handsome and young, all things which are, <laughs> I, I am not. So there we go. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. We've been delving in the world of YouTube property investment, and just making money, you know. God, you know, these days, even capitalism has been given a bad name. God help us. Uh, um, so we were talking about fourplexes, and you were talking about why to use agent, why not to use agent. What are some of the things you've learned by buying fourplexes? Hey, do you like them? I think they're a great stepping stone from buying a single property to then buy multiple tenant properties. I think they're a great stepping stone myself. What are some of the mistakes you've made, some of the things you've learned that you maybe could share with our audience? Definitely. No, I mean, first off, I would would agree with you. I think anytime someone comes and says, Chandler, what is the best investment for a new real estate investor? I will say a fourplex every single time. And the reason for it is the second you move into five units or more, your financing gets pretty crazy. I mean, you get to the point where your terms are changing every five to 10 years, your rates are going to be higher, 
You're going to be on a 20-year AM instead of a 30-year AM, where if you can stay four units or left or, or less, you've got this opportunity to capitalize on really the best possible package when it comes to financing. And so that's the, the first big thing. The other thing is, is if you're willing to live in a fourplex or in a duplex or four units or less, that gives you even more flexibility to lower your down payment. So instead of waiting forever to where if you're wanting to buy a four or $500,000 property and you're like, holy cow, I'm not going to be able to build up to a $100,000 down payment. You can get to a place where you're putting down three and a half percent. That's huge. I mean, that can get you investing years and years before you would have been able to otherwise. And so there are just so many opportunities in those smaller areas. And so I think that's a big reason I've loved investing in fourplexes. Um, when it comes to mistakes that I've made, I think they're the same mistakes that all investors are tempted to make. And that is falling in love with a property when you're not in love with the numbers. I think that's the biggest thing is you can't fall in love with a property if the numbers don't work. So you've got to know what that is. The other big mistake that I made early on that I see a lot of new investors making is they don't know what they're looking for. They say, hey, I want to invest in real estate, but they haven't pegged, all right, this is the kind of property, this is the age I want it to be, this is the return I want it to have, and then just kind of focus in on that criteria. And because of that, they bounce around. And then even when a good deal does come, they don't have the confidence to jump on it because they don't really know what their criteria is. So figure out exactly what you're looking on. And I can tell you, my biggest mistake hasn't been buying the wrong property. My biggest mistake has been passing on the right property. And so I think it's so important to know what you're looking for. Now, others have bought the wrong property and that's a big mistake that you make as well. Um, but I think those would be the biggest points I would push is know your criteria, don't buy outside of it. And if you do that, you're going to end up with a, with a good purchase. I've got a follow through question about this. Um, it's based on my experience in Northern Nevada from, um, which changed because of the great recession, but before the great recession and the recovery afterwards, a lot of people buy property in Northern Nevada and the numbers just do not add up. They, they, they just, they showed me the numbers and the basic mathematics doesn't make any sense. And they, they get past it because they say they don't want to invest in the stock market, which I understand. And they say they make, they, they make, they make the uplift through flipping it through the sale, which I always feel is just you, you're telling yourself a lie, basically. When, when when your local market is too hot, would you actually look outside your local market, which has all its own problems? It's much more simpler to manage if you're looking at your local market. But when it, get, it does get too hot, would you advise them to look externally rather than fooling themselves with the numbers, basically. You know, it's so interesting because this is one of the questions I get probably more than any other question. And I think my advice is kind of twofold. I would say anytime someone comes to me and says, Chandler, my market, I just can't make the numbers work. And so I'm just going to buy for appreciation. I'm going to buy and make money in the sell. I'm not going to cash flow. First off, those are the people right now that are scared out of their minds because people aren't able to pay rent. I'm not nervous. I could cut rents 45% because I've bought properly and I would still be cash flow positive on my properties. And that's a big safety net where other people aren't. And so I think never settle. 
first of all, because you're going to end up in a mess and you, you kind of hit on that. But the next thing I would say is if you aren't finding good deals in your market, the first thing you should do is make sure that no one is finding good deals in your market. Because often what I'll find is people say, oh, my market's terrible. And yet there's a real estate investor in their town that's really put good work in. It's really hit the pavement. And they've been able to find incredible deals in that same market. Now, it's taken them a little while, but I think you've got to make sure that you are capitalizing on the good deals in your market. Because what's so cool about real estate, there is always going to be that screaming deal. There's always going to be someone that needs to sell quickly. There's always going to be people that are in weird times in their life where for one reason or another, they want to get rid of a property. They're also always going to be older owners that have never raised rents. So if you look at their numbers, you're going to say, oh, this is a bad deal. But if you really understand your market, you can look at a fourplex and say, wow, I could raise rents in every unit three to $400 because I know this market. And a bad deal turns into a great deal really quickly. And so that's my first thing is make sure that this isn't a broken mindset rather than a broken market. The next thing I would say is if you are in a market, and from what I've heard, Markets like New York City are extremely hard to find something that's going to give you a, a 10 to 15% cash on cash return. And I'm going to use that as an example because if you're in a place like that, you don't have to travel that far to find a city where you can find good numbers and where you can get connected. And so I would be foolish to say that you shouldn't go outside of your market in a scenario like that. Because I do think you can find the right management and the right systems to put in place to be able to go outside of where you're living and capitalize on a good deal as well. All right. Robert, have you got a question? Well, I do. I do. Because, but, but it's a little bit abstract. But, but a couple times, Chandler, now, you're using a lot of like, um, and, and only somebody like me would catch up onto the vernacular. Like you're using hitting the pavement door knocking, like you're, you're saying that inside your language, which made me curious to ask you the following. So I'm looking at your, your business stuff, which I won't m- mention by name unless you give me permission, but I'm looking at it like the environmental stuff. And I'm, I'm somewhat curious, do you ever actually go out, knock on doors and then look at like something and go, huh, I wonder who owns this or what the situation is here. And you like literally kind of start to scope a deal based upon being on the street looking around? It's a great question. I think my two businesses are are very separate. Now, I'm totally fine with you talking about it. I manage two to 300 door-to-door sales reps every year that purely sell pest control. I never intermingle using them or while I'm out selling pest control to find deals on real estate, even though maybe that would work. What I'm talking about is in my area, I have worked very hard to get connected. And that's a combination of my YouTube channel, That's a combination of meeting up with other real estate investors, of going to group meetups, of calling on multiple off-market properties and getting to know other owners in the area, of speaking with realtors and saying, hey, if you know anyone that owns a lot of real estate or a management company or anyone else, even if they're not willing to sell now, put me in contact with them. I'm constantly connecting with people who might have what I want. And so when it comes to going out and pounding the pavement, knocking doors, I would tell you that's at the bottom of the list of something that's efficient. Same with mailers. However, if you are doing everything else and you're still not finding the deals, of course, I would say go to that next. Now, I haven't needed to, and I don't think most people will need to, 
if they're working hard to connect in their market, to make phone calls, to create friends, to connect with mentors, because a lot of those connections bring, bring people to you. Another thing is um, you would be blown away by how powerful social media is. I mean, for me, I've grown a social media presence, but even when I had a very small social media um, connection group or whatever you would call that from my Instagram and my Facebook, I was posting about the deals I was doing. I was posting about how much I loved real estate. And that was from early on. And even that ends up getting eyes seeing it that you didn't think would because people talk about it. If you buy one deal, people are talking about that. You're in your 20s and you just bought a deal that spreads around. And then the next deal people bring to you. I had a realtor that I hadn't talked to in three years bring me the biggest deal and the best deal I've ever had. And it was purely because he knew what my criteria was from my YouTube channel and from talking to people that had connected with me in our town to where out of everyone he'd connected with, and this guy's been around forever. I mean, he'd worked in this area for 15 years. He decides to call me. Now we had connected multiple times throughout the year, but it had been a good three months, six months, something like that since I talked to him last. And because of that presence, I was the guy he thought to call. Brilliant. Uh, so then I have, I have a slight follow-up question. You're talking a lot about social media. I just checked out your Instagram. This, for our listeners, this guy has 116 freaking thousand followers on Instagram, which is just nutty to me. But having said that, like I follow... So not, not to call you out, <laughs> I, I, I'm right around 11,000. Oh, 11,000. 12,000. My bad. But I, I thank you. <laughs> they're all they're all and they're mostly female. I, I added a couple of zeros for you. <laughs> yeah. If other um, people come my direction, maybe I'd be there. So uh so but my follow-up question is this: I follow bigger pockets. I'm not I'm not an investor, but but I, I kind of I live in the real estate world to such a large degree that I, I keep my hands very vaguely in mortgage pocket, you know, stuff and investment stuff. It's not what I do. I focus mostly on residential on the marketing side, but still it's good to know that stuff. It's good to have. So how important was following other blogs? Like you're talking about mentors and I obviously I, I feel like you've picked up some people off maybe Instagram and YouTube. Did you ever read a big blog? And if so, which ones were you reading and did you learn anything or was that completely absent from your, your, your growth in this, in this area? No, that's been huge. And it's been huge for my social media because I've connected with people like that, that you share each other's stuff. And so it gets spread around. And so for me, I love it because it keeps my mind in the right space as well. When I open up Instagram or Facebook and I'm just getting pounded with all the people that are doing my same stuff. And so my favorite was Bigger Pockets. I mean, those guys have been awesome. Um, and Dave Green's told me that I'm going to be on that podcast. I'm hoping the next couple of months waiting for his secretary to meet out, but that's something I pumped on. Those people are incredible and seeing what they're doing, so much of the stuff I've learned and so much of the stuff I'm doing and applying has been because of them. It's the same with Meet Kevin. Meet Kevin is incredible for all things real estate, for realtors, for real estate investing. And he's a connection that I got from speaking at an event with him. He's now, I think, like 330,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I will tell you, a lot of my YouTube growth, I owe to him. One, because of the advice he gave me. But two, he was willing to put me on his channel and come and look at some of the properties that I owned and walk through them. And for us to be able to talk ideas and bounce ideas and disagree with each other. And it was awesome. And so that connection, Matt McKeever, Graham Stephan, 
all of those guys have had a huge impact in the direction I've gone on. And it's so important to connect with them. It's important to share their stuff because it's another ecosystem that you need to be involved in that's going to bring you what you're looking for. Right. So my, my thousand foot view off investors, and you've mentioned it a couple of times, is in that world, it's not just mentors, people that you're learning directly from, but it's the fact that all of you might have different deal criteria. And by the, the bigger your network of people, the more likely it is that somebody might bring you a deal that you like. Is that, is that, am I understanding that or no? I, I think it's a combination of everything, but yes, like it definitely brings you deals getting eyes on your stuff. Okay. And a lot of times I'm getting a lot of eyes on my stuff from people that are outside of my markets. However, it's also helped my perspective. I mean, I've, I've found um, deals that before wouldn't have met my criteria, but from seeing the way someone else analyzed a deal and was able to value add to that deal for less or to do renovations for less or to increase rents more quickly or all of those things have helped me to grow. But what's interesting about the algorithm on Instagram or on YouTube is even if you're getting eyes from other places in the world, that still pushes more eyes from where you're at. And so getting that growth and that connection outside of Idaho has still propelled me within Idaho. Does that kind of make sense? No, it, it, it does. And I'm, I'm grateful for you um, sharing that. I think that, I think that there's, most of our, our audience is, is realtors, but you know what? There's a lot of people that like, like I've been doing a lot of business outside of real estate, but that business has been given to me by real estate professionals. And I'm sure that actually, I know for a fact that, that a number of my clients are investors on the side. They do investment to apartment buildings, stuff like that. Um, so I, it, anyway, it, mm-hmm. it all cross bingles and, and seeing how you're doing it, I think is really important for them to hear because I don't think that most people understand that doing like, just like you described, like you, you didn't understand what the value of the YouTube would be. You backed into it. You said, I'm going to do this because I don't want to answer these questions anymore, which by the way, that's how I got my first YouTube channel started 11 years ago is the exact same thing, which made me, which made me laugh because I was trying, I was sick of answering the same technical questions about something. And so I put my first video up and there's like, Oh my God, there's thousands of viewers. And then, it started to beat the actual company whose questions I was answering. I was crazy. Anyway, um, so... Uh, I need to wrap up yeah. the podcast show. Hopefully, Sean is going to stay on for some bonus content. You okay with that? Yeah, of course. Um, we're going to probably be discussing how not to become a, a slum landlord, how to deal with contractors, um, and not lose all your hair by dealing with them. Um, I think there'll be a couple of good areas to discuss. So we're wrapping up the podcast part of the show. So, Chandra, um, what's the best ways for people to contact you and also learn more about yourself? Definitely. Anything Chandler David Smith. So I've got a website that's ChandlerDavidSmith.com, a Facebook that's Chandler David Smith, Instagram Chandler David Smith, and YouTube Chandler David Smith. I love to have people come and check out the YouTube channel. I work really hard to give you all of the information you need to be a successful real estate investor right on my YouTube channel. So I don't sell any courses. I don't do any of that stuff. I just put the best content on the channel. We'd love to see you there. Right. And Robert, what's the best way for people to learn more about you and what you're up to? Uh, 
I've been spending a ton of time on my website and, and uh, I'd love for people to weigh in. There's pretty much nothing but updated new content there for 2020. So please go to inboundrem.com. I'm even clearing out old comments. So if you go, you're going to have a fresh, a fresh comment uh, area on my site. Please, uh, res- please let me know what you think. And I've got exciting news, folks. Um, in the next few weeks, I'll be opening up the Mel Wright University, and we will. It will be a um, course that will show you all the marketing things that we've been discussing over the past year. Um, I will be opening it up to the Mel Wright podcast listeners for free. And it's going to be really mind-blowing. And I'm finishing off all the modules right now. And later on, I will be charging for it. But for all the listeners, you'll be given a free coupon code and you'll be able to join and learn more about everything we've been discussing. But like I say, stay on. What Go to the MailRite website to view the bonus content. And we'll be back next week with another great guest. Speak to you. See you soon, folks. Bye.